Now that we've broken down why we love the Justice League movie so much, we have to ask, was it a bad idea? Adventurers, join us for an all-new episode. Greetings, adventurer, and welcome to the Surly Nerd. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the show. We are the Surly Nerd, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show, after the news, we're going to be talking about the ramifications of us as fans getting the Snyder Cut of the Justice League movie and why that movie being made might be a bad thing. But before we start, don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash thesurlynerd, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Oh, and uh, yeah, by the way, the uh, Final Fantasy VII script is basically done. So <coughs> I guess insert celebration noises here. I'm not going we're, to do that. We're, 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 you know I would have done do. that, but I'm not going to do that. We will you did not level up. We will celebrate when you say, so we finished the episode and it's up now. You yeah. can watch it if you donate to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I will, I will bring, add celebration noises I, there. I will bring yeah. a bottle of champs. <laughs> With all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, adventurers of all ages, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, since we did watch a couple of new things together this week, uh, what I want to do is just do a quick round table because we all have at least one item that we want to talk about that we watched away from each other. Mm -hmm. uh, Hector, why don't we start with you? Sure. Uh, mine is a game. I finally finished my Horizon Zero Dawn on PC playthrough, mm -hmm. and I started a game that I've been meaning to play for a long time, a game that I bought for a second time to play it. Mm -hmm. um, that was Death Stranding. I finally started playing Death Stranding. You're playing it on PC this time. Yes, I'm playing it on PC. I bought it for the PlayStation 4. It, you know what? It ran fine, and it looked really good for a PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. But the, since I got my graphics card, I'm like, nah, I want to see this like the nice way yeah so i went ahead and picked it up on pc started my playthrough started completely over even though i really hadn't gotten that far and oh man i caught the bug like right away <laughs> like right away i got to the point where i had been last time before i stopped playing i forget what distracted me from it it was probably like ghost of tsushima or something right. amazing so i, I it don't feel bad death stranding <laughs> but yeah, as soon as I got to the point where I was last time and the game kind of started to open up a little bit, it gave me a vehicle and now I was fucking cruising and now I'm delivering things. Mm. And maybe it's because I'm so much further through quarantine now than when I started the game, but the idea of running deliveries from people to people because it's really shit that they need and you're doing it just because it's a good thing to do. Mm. Uh, because we really need to reconnect the world because we've all disconnected. And if we stay this way, there's no hope for us. And I'm just like, nice. <laughs> like yeah, while, while trying to play the game, I'm just like, the themes of this shouldn't make me cry at random moments in the game. But I'm just like walking down a slope, having feels about like all that I get to accomplish right now. Some, as low, I, some low roar playing in the back. Yeah, as I lug like some shit that's way too heavy for me to be carrying down mm -hmm. a hill. It's, it's a wonderful game. Please play it. Yes, seriously. It is one of my favorite games of all time. I will never not talk to you about Death Stranding. I, I think I tweeted that the other day. I was mm -hmm. like, if you ever just want to talk to me about Death Stranding, I will talk for hours. Like, yeah. I, just, I love that game. Not only is it a great game, but it is a mood. It is a whole mood that, that more people should be exposed to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony, what did you do this week? 
Uh, I watched the second season of Solar Opposites. Did it drop all at once? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, they're just like it's an Amazon thing, right? Or Hulu? no, it's Hulu. Did, does Hulu? I thought Hulu didn't drop whole seasons. Um, they well, do sometimes it, oh, okay. they do whenever it was a Fox broadcast ah, show gotcha. thing that you know Disney not, might not necessarily want to keep around, Fair. like because it's way more yeah Rick and Morty than uh, Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. So it's. I could see why they just they, they specifically on there say like a Hulu thing on a Hulu thing and yeah. and they also in last time it said like a 20th Century Fox production now it just says just 20th, 20th a 20th production or something like that. Yeah. They completely changed the so name. So what's the premise of the show? Premise of the show is the same as the first season. It's aliens that uh, planet exploded, crash landed on Earth mm-hmm. and the hijinks that ensue right. kind of like an 80s sitcom where Aliens crash would have crash landed on Earth, and people just kind of accept that there's, you know, aliens. Okay, right. So, so, <laughs> so would you like recommend this? Like, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, probably want to watch this, or well, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, you probably watched it. Yeah, okay. yeah. The first season. At well, least, you're not you're but, not selling it to anybody. Then. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> so, 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 just to because you're having a hard time putting it together. I remember the when you talked about season one. Yeah. This is a Justin Roiland cartoon on Hulu. It's so it's Rick and Morty without Dan Harmon, which means it's um you know, a little more out there and also probably a little dirtier and maybe not quite as connectively written, but also. Um, you know, just there is, uh, more fun. Both se- there's uh, uh, even now there's an overarching plot line between every single episode. Every That's episode nice. leads from episodes one of season one to mm-hmm. the last episode of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the characters still go on because in episode whatever they introduce the wall, mm-hmm. which is where they shrink people and put them in the wall and inside the kid or the kids put have this. Terrarium of adults <laughs> inside their wall. Right. It's literally a wall of people that they keep like an ant farm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an entire plot line of season one is still in season two. That wall story keeps going, keeps giving. It's got some great moments and it's real fun. I don't think it's as um, politically impactful as season one. Okay. But uh, because of the, when you're watch, there's a couple moments in season one, you're just watching going like, yep. This is not politically charged at all. (laughs) You didn't quite get that feeling in season two, but I think Mm -hmm. that's because we don't feel like we maybe have to feel that way exactly all the time right now. I I couldn't be happier that I'm not constantly worried about politics. Uh, Let's see. Before we get get into a couple things that we watched together, real quick, I have a recommendation for uh, our listeners, and that is a game show. One of the things that I love and have always loved since I was a kid was game shows. Like Game shows and stand-up comedy are like two of my jams growing up, Mm -hmm. but game shows aren't really something that you can just like recommend to people. You can't just be like, hey, you should totally watch... X game show like yeah like Hector Hector, go watch press your luck it's just like the press your luck from the 70s you'd be like who the fuck cares no no I do have one that I I can recommend to fellow nerds there is a game show on Hulu Uh, Craig Ferguson is the star of it he's the host of it Mm -hmm. and it's called The Hustler now, the reason I, I say I want to recommend it to all of those fellow nerds out there is I'm pretty sure a lot of you out there in TV land have actually played Among Us Mm -hmm. this show is basically among us. You have five contestants. One of them is the hustler. He knows all the answers and all the questions in the show are based around this guy's life. And the other contestants are just answering them and they're all answering for a, a central prize pool. And every couple rounds, they, the hustler gets to vote off somebody that's on the panel till mm-hmm. it's down to three people, the hustler and two people. 
And at the end, if the two people vote correctly on who they think the hustler is, they split the cash and they walk away. If they're wrong, the hustler takes all the money and he leaves. Nice. The reason I recommend this, aside from the fact that it's very much like Among Us, is that I have watched maybe five episodes of this right now. I have been correct once. Hmm. And I've been watching it with other people. So, so we've all been debating and discussing this together. And we have only been correct once. So they do a great job hiding the mystery. They don't like give you like the let's like this is the guy. Watch him be shitty. They're, they're just like, hey, I bet you can't figure it out, too. Right. They'll, they'll have something like this person was like an Olympiad and broke their leg. Also, this person keeps butterflies. And like my first, my guttural reaction was, well, that's some white people shit. <laughs> like, and, and like, I was just like, literally, that's what burst out of my mouth. And I say this as a white people. And You're I was like, like, oh, that's that guy. It's like, it's that dude. It's that hipstery looking dude right there. He would do that shit. And then they get to it, and it's just like not who you expect at all. And yep. so at some point, it is a trivia game. In, they are definitely trivia questions that you can understand and answer, much in the vein of like a Jeopardy. Um, but at some point, I end up tuning out of the questions and just watching every. Like I'm engaged. Yeah. I'm like I'm watching everybody. Like who's blinking? Who's looking? Like I'm looking for tells at this point. It's so much fun. It's got like six or seven episodes on Hulu. Mm-hmm. They're like an hour a piece. Seriously, like if you want a fun, interesting game show, watch The Hustler. Tell me how many you get right because yeah. maybe you're better than I am. But holy shit, I thought I had. All of them down and was completely wrong. I, I, I kind of got to see this now. Uh, we did do a couple things we do have to mention real quick. Uh, first off, we all watched the very first episode of the first season of Creepshow. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is technically two episodes. Yeah. Because they, they do t- two 30 minutes mm-hmm. you know, in their stories. Um, obviously, we had a great uh, Stephen King story in there. We had lots of references to the original Creepshow in there. Um, this was on Shutter. Yeah, it was on like, Shutter. Yeah, you, guys, we, we we finally did the right thing and got a Shutter account. We got a Shutter account. <laughs> yeah, it's like five bucks a month. Yeah, maybe. yeah, it, it's not very expensive. We did, literally did it on the spot. You were like, we should watch this. Oh, that's on Shutter. Why the fuck don't we have Shutter? Let's get Shutter, and yeah, then we got Shutter. I was gonna watch on Shutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so like we watched it. It was fantastic. The acting is great. Um, it was definitely a little bit tight for a pilot budget, um, but I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to watch more of it. What did you guys think? Because I had seen the first episode before. Yeah, no, I I can't wait to watch more. It seems like a great addition to like Marvel Night or any of the other like nights that we do. You know, mm. whatever we're doing, I can absolutely see showing throwing, uh, yeah, Creep Show in the mix. It's mm. a good show. I can't wait to see more of it. Yeah. And even with an anthology horror bent, I'm kind of like it's been a it's been a rough year for me in horror simply because like life was horrible on its own. That's true. But like as things are starting to feel a little lighter, I'm starting to feel like I can watch a horror movie and enjoy it now and not just be like, oh, they don't even know. <laughs> right. That's not that bad. <laughs> uh, tell me what your initial impressions of the first uh, episode of Creep Show. Um honestly, I've forgotten most of it. it I wasn't really <laughs> okay. that impressed by it. Okay. Um it's a show that if I was having like a Halloween party or a themed thing mm-hmm. and I needed to just have the TV just like low lit something on a screen sure. that's just moving without mm-hmm. sound. Yeah, throw it on. Sure. It sounds great. Well, we also but normally a lot give... of those two stories just weren't enough to like draw me in. Mm-hmm. It's not something I could actively just like be quiet and watch. Mm-hmm. I can do way other things. Like it's definitely a show that I can be like, cool, these characters are very well, on the nose. So we... I'm just going to. You know, vacuum. The other thing about this is that we normally give things a three-episode run before we make our final decisions on it. Which we will do. Shorts in particular weren't my, to to me, the biggest Mm -hmm. uh, 
draw. Like, sure. They right. weren't a big selling point. For right. Her. And being an anthology series, you can always yeah, expect I'm something like to something else. no one, yeah. no one says every episode when you ask them their favorite yeah. episode of the Twilight Zone. Right. You know, it's like, oh, well, there are five that you wouldn't believe. Same with X-Files, right? Yeah. Like, someone literally gave me a list of, like, these are the only episodes you need to watch. Don't watch the rest of the show, and then you'll know why I love it. Mm -hmm. And I did, and it was great. And I'm like, yeah, X-Files, amazing show. I'm sure if I had slogged through the whole thing in, like, you know, 2018, I'd be like, fuck, this show is old and yeah. terrible. Mm -hmm. And like, ugh. Yeah, no, it's, that's, that's, that's the way I feel about this. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Mm -hmm. My opinion of the first episode mm -hmm. is much like just a random episode of X-Files. You can put that on and the yeah. first episode of the, right. any Halloween themed thing and mm -hmm. have a party and go, well, that's just what's going to be in the background. More episodes might be different. Yeah. Sure. And I'm looking forward to more of them. I think that... we'll all have our favorite by the end of the season. Oh, I think yeah. so too. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, no spoilers. First impressions of Invincible. Okay, like this is the one I'm excited to talk about because I ha I I'm not uh, I didn't read the comic. Did both of you? Because I, I read the first trade. Yeah. You, uh, uh, oh man. Um, I have a really close friend who had read the whole thing, and he was like, "Oh, they made that. Is that on?" That I loved the run, like yeah, like this is a good show. You're in for a treat, and yeah, coming into it, I oh what a roller coaster! Like it starts off so like I don't wholesome. know, like Americana wholesome. Like oh, this is what it means to be a superhero in America and have mm -hmm. Superman as a dad, and he's such a nice dude, and he has a mustache, and he sounds. Uncannily, like, like J.K. Simmons, and you know, you just and everyone wants J.K. Simmons to be their dad because even if he called you a fucking dumbass, you'd be like, "Oh, thanks, J.K. Simmons," <laughs> right? And so you're just having the great time, and then the show takes a uh, oh yeah. Also, this is an incredibly gory and violent show with a lot of things that are really going to make you rethink why you enjoyed this so much when it started. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what did we get? Three episodes? Three episodes. I watched every single one of them. And when it was over, I was like, all right, when does the second episode start? Are we doing it? Are we putting it on? Yep. Oh, what a great show. What do you think, Tony? While the story is slightly different in the way it's told from the comic book, just as a way to like grab people's attention in the first episode. We basically just watched the first three issues mm -hmm. of the comic. It really did feel like that. And I, that's what we did. We watched the first three issues. I loved reading it. I mm -hmm. loved watching it. I'm w glad they're making it. Yep. Since it is now also done, um, it has the benefit of not having to be The Walking Dead yeah. and <laughs> have that fuckery around. All right. Mm -hmm. There's something wonderful about a run that, you, that, that they have no reason to ruin yeah. because it's over and they don't have to let it let the show take over. Yeah, and the it's like Kirkman's producing property. it. Kirkman's like writing it. Yeah. He's like heading up. This is his baby. And mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, I get the walking dead got fucked up in places and it's kind of its own creation now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he can take in invincible and go, mm -hmm. Yeah, but my invincible is my invincible, and right. make way he wants. Yep. But and he also has like Seth Rogen attached, and mm -hmm. Rogen had so much success and acclaim in how he handled somehow getting Preacher to air on mm -hmm. AMC Holy for shit. as long as it did. Because I watched every episode of that show, and I was like, "This is on what? Yeah, how are they putting this on television? Yep, he just." With that, and that went in the wrong hole. And, 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 I, and I will say that <laughs> I no like religious backlash against that show whatsoever. Yeah. One of the yeah, the show that should have <laughs> the most religious backlash against it. Oh yeah, 
No, it's perfectly fine. Um, this is the first time, like Seth Rogen and his his uh, friend, uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, has uh, always produced things together. <laughs> um, You're talking about James Franco. No, not James Franco. No, no? It's his friend is a producer. They oh he oh yeah, yeah. Then I don't know. Um, he produced uh, again Walking or not Walking Dead, fucking Preacher. Uh, Preacher and this, and then like one or two other shows they've done together, mm-hmm. and they just keep pushing out hits. This is the first time though that Seth Rogen has been in it, but he was only a voice, right? Because uh, as far as I remember, everything I've seen him as a producer in, he just doesn't star, and he's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not he's, in he's it. In I'm just I'm pro- I'm getting the people that I want. To make the thing make the thing yeah Yeah. and he's done a great job doing that i think because it was animated he got to you know be a voice in it and i think that's really cool he finally got to be involved in one of the things he's been yeah working on on these comic books movies and shows for a while now that Mm -hmm. he finally got to be in it yeah Uh, i highly recommend invincible if you haven't seen it, the first three episodes are up on amazon it's going to be airing uh, hour-long episodes every friday until whenever it's done yeah till till Um, they're done with the last issue if, if you're a person who's usually turned off by animation when it comes to media uh let me just kind of reiterate here to do something like Invincible on in a live action sense would cost such an absurd amount of money that like oh yeah it would yeah. be it would be the boys and the boys is fucking expensive it would actually, yeah. I would be it would be above the boys but below something like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah just like, so like uh, just right in between that it's gonna cost you basically a movie budget for every single episode right. All right, well, that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our main news segment in the Weekly Raid. Weekly Raid. Hey, adventurers, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Raid, our news roundup for the week. We will kick things off with a couple of COVID-related announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, E3 is saying that the all-digital version of E3 this year uh, will be free and have no paywall to it. Wonderful. Um, that being said, they haven't clarified if this means they're going to be doing an in-person show or not. They just mm-hmm. came on Twitter, said the all-digital version of E3 will be free, have no paywall. That's it. And the more announcements will be made at a later date. Okay. Um, it would be weird if they did an in-person thing. But, it you know. would be. They should not do that. Yeah. They really shouldn't. And also, uh, it was announced that Summer Games Done Quick will be online only again this year uh, and will be airing from July 4th to the 11th. So. There are a lot of runs from uh, Quarantine uh, the, at the last GDQ that I really liked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a problem. They'll be raising money for charity as always. It'll mm-hmm. be a fantastic thing. If you love speedrunning or are curious about speedrunning, July 4th to the 11th. Yeah, tune in. If you like the t shirts I wear on the show most of the, <laughs> most time, of the time, they're all from GDQ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're watching us on twitch.tv slash the Surly Nerd, yeah, you know, yeah, check out my like Hector's shirts. <laughs> yeah. the, that money goes to charity. Mm-hmm. The link will be in wherever James fills that out and the yeah, uh, bottom of yeah. the show. That'll be a thing that happens. Yep. All right, uh, let's see here. Oh, this is exciting. Netflix is reportedly working on a deal with Ryan Johnson for two more movies in the Knives Out universe uh, for about four hundred thousand dollars. Or for, sorry, four hundred million million dollars. Because not only is it Ryan Johnson, then, but it's yeah. also Daniel Craig. Yes, I. I, I don't know how to handle news that good in the age of COVID <laughs> and 2021. Yeah. Like, 
not only I'm not allowed to experience joy not only is this like exactly (laughs) what I wanted after I saw the movie but I was like but only if they bring back those two specifically. Like all the other characters were wonderful, and if you wanted to tell Acting a different, amazing, yeah, and if you wanted to tell a different story in just like a Knives Out setting, fuck yeah, do that. But Ryan Johnson has to direct it, yeah, and we gotta have Daniel fucking Craig. Daniel Craig as the detective, yep, with a foghorn leghorn accent. <laughs> and I will watch a hundred of them. I don't even know if I want a direct sequel to the original movie. No, there's no, no just need. one in the universe. I yeah. want it like the. All you need is him solving another really awesome case yeah, with no, a lot of yeah, really it's great it's actors. Following him as the character, it's the same thing. He was solving the murder yeah. of a guy who just follows cases, yeah. doing the same. Like it's the I, Agatha Christie, it's the whole mystery thing that. Yeah, I've never been a really big mystery reader. Either of y'all do mystery reader? No, readers. but movie love, watcher. Yeah, I love like noir stories. So, like, it, I, it, I can't, it, it fits that billing a little bit for me. Yeah, reading mysteries that are, like, billed as mysteries has never mm. been my thing. Reading mysteries inside other genres I like. Um, I don't know why that is. But watching, like, whodunit movies, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's well-made, fuck yeah. Give it to yeah. me. And So, I was yeah, a kid and I watched need, Murder, She Wrote. But, like, and, like, trust me. And Columbo. <laughs> this movie, if there's like, hey, we have Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig, who wants to be all the other characters? And like, every actor is going to fall over themselves to fill in the cast of this movie. At yeah. least they should be. So yeah, I eat that yeah. kind of shit up. Like I said, I love uh, detective noir stories. I love things mm-hmm. that have a twist in them. Actually, the only book I've ever written, start to finish, was like a detective supernatural detective noir story. Nice. Um, and, is- and so like, I love watching stuff like Knives Out because I'm like, oh, I need inspiration. Like I need to hunker down and like read and, and understand the. Genre genre more Mm -hmm. so that you know i can bring that to the table when i go to write my own stuff Um, the when disney decided to not keep ryan johnson working on star wars um that was their big loss that was them again fucking up and getting rid of fucking uh yeah, James Gunn. James yeah, Gunn. by the way, Disney, yeah. that's exactly the same thing you did with James Gunn. And we know you regret and I that. I think that yeah. we... You did that with... You did that, and now he's going to have this awesome mystery franchise with Daniel Craig, and fuck, I am so glad that we don't have to have 007 bullshit. We're going to have this <laughs> instead, and it makes yeah. my... Maybe that we're slowly merging into, like, the good timeline. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. There. Uh, let's see. Russell, Russell Crowe has been cast in Thor Love and Thunder, but his role at this time is unknown. Oh, I can't wait. I just hope it's just fat... Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, I think he just I, uh, like the thing is, we've this, already had Matt is, Damon. We've already, we've already this is a late cast though, <laughs> right? Like we they we know they're filming. We've seen mm-hmm. pictures of them filming already. Yeah, yeah. I assume it's either some kind of cameo or just something fun, and someone saw him walk onto set because you know Taika was like, "This should be Russell Crowe." I live close enough to where he's from. Someone get him on the fucking phone. <laughs> there you go. I can completely see that. Hey, and, come and to like, my movie set and film for like 20 minutes. Don't punch anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't punch anybody. Uh, also, an- don't bring COVID. Yeah. yeah. The animated version of the legendary story, Batman The Long Halloween, has finally announced their cast with some notable voices like Jensen Ackles as Batman, Troy Baker as the Joker, mm-hmm. and uh, Naya Rivera, who passed away last year playing oh. Selena Kyle. Um, but she had recorded everything for this animated feature, and this, okay. this will be her last credit role. 
I mean, Troy Baker does a good Joker. Uh, he did it for uh, the Batman... Arkham Origins? Arkham Origins. Yeah, the bad yeah. one. Uh, and it wasn't bad. It was just not as good as the others. But his Joker, because they didn't get Mark Hamill for that one, it was really good. Mm. It was a really good Mark Hamill Joker. Mm. So, like, we know he can nail that. And that's Jensen, probably what they want. Jensen Ackles' as Batman is an interesting choice. Uh, he's actually already been in another animated DC feature. He was played... Uh, Do you know which one? Uh, he played... I can't remember the character's name now. Oh, it wasn't Batman before. He has he done Batman before? No, it? he hasn't done Batman before. Okay, no, he did the Red Hood. Ah, yeah, okay. he played the Red Hood. I liked Batman. the Red Hood. I liked everyone in the Red Hood. So yeah, it's he could bring it to the table. I mean, he's got he's got the acting chops. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good voice. So. I was looking forward to the story, the yeah. acting, or the the actors they get in everything for DC's animation is amazing every fucking time. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed every actor. I don't. The long I literally turned a whole human being onto the DC animations last weekend. Like mm-hmm. he came to hang out and we were talking about the Snyder cut and then we were talking about the trailer for uh Suicide Squad and he's like what you know like what's this cast? Is this a comic thing? And I'm like you never saw Assault on Arkham. <laughs> well, you have HBO Max. In fact, come sit down. We're going to watch Assault on Arkham. Mm. And yeah, he was instantly converted. And then he's like, what are all of these? What's Gotham by Gaslight? I'm like, oh, all right, man. double feature. Here we seriously, go. Seriously. Like, seriously, we uh, say this all the time. So like, good. yes, Marvel kills it in the movie category. But when it comes to animation, oh, DC, watch the all DC the animated yeah. movie. Really good at Until they make one I hate, I'm going to watch them all. And yeah. because I've liked all of them, even the ones, that are, the ones that are super bright and fun, the ones that are incredibly dour, like Flashpoint, mm-hmm. like... All oh, Flashpoint's that. dark. I mean, they so they dark. go straight from the source material. I'm like, all right, you're going to see a whole lot of people get gunned down. Yep. Like, that was, all your um, superheroes are going to die horribly. Mm-hmm. And I know it's on necessarily on purpose, but if I don't know for certain, it really feels like Invincible had the same animation team at, for it at could. least some of the DC animation because yeah. like, it really looked very similar. Yeah, it was fast and cohesive. Yeah. And if I were the team its from art Invincible, style was very similar. Yeah, if I was a team from Invincible and I was looking for an animation style to do my Superman esque comic book in, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, let's get them. They're great at this. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if they didn't weren't the ones doing it, their homage is fucking perfect. Yeah, fucking <laughs> spot on. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, the upcoming film Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City finally has a story synopsis. Neat. The synopsis is once the booming home of pharmaceutical giant The Umbrella Corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland with a great evil brewing below the surface. When that evil is unleashed, the townspeople are forever changed and a small group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. The creators of the film said, With this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them, while at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small dying town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. So it's not Raccoon City anymore. Yeah, I got he, a big he changed, problem with the name in here. No, he, he, did he change the format of it, or is it like Detroit? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a city, but also it's dead. It's like, Raccoon there's nothing City. In there. Like, I, I don't know. It sounds fun. I mean, I've watched all of the silly animations for the Resident Evil movies, and since this we is the, just this is the live action though. Oh, this this is, is the live this action. Is live action. Oh, the next is, Resident Evil. I don't. Movie. I mean, we'll yeah. see. I, I don't. I, I don't know. We'll I, see. This is. I'm, I'm sorry, the idea of Raccoon City, which I know I'm not looking at Raccoon City, but it's a fucking city. Mm-hmm. Like there's. 
big ass I mean, buildings look, if he transforms and shit. it into like you know the single story of Silent Hill. I'll be like, yeah, that's not quite right, but I'll still watch the movie. I don't care. Look, the thing about Resident Evil movies, at least so far, because of who was directing them, is the story didn't matter. Kind of the same as yeah, because they were. But all he's just... coming in swinging, saying the story absolutely does matter. Right. So I, I can't wait to see what he does because every I've never played a Resident Evil game once where I was like, fuck, this story is gripping. Like, I'm playing the game for the well, fun. Because you've never played Code Veronica. That's true. Code <laughs> Veronica have. has an amazing story. I'm wary of this to begin with, just because, well, they're not, not the greatest track record of uh, video game to film sure, franchise. But I mean, as long Even as it's with not a new Paul Anderson, coming in, can, yeah, it's, it's not Paul Anderson, and it's not going to be the fucking blowjob to his fucking wife in every goddamn movie. Right. It's going to be something different but as a person who isn't um the biggest fan of the resident evil franchise you're not a resident evil connoisseur of sorts it's an acquired taste and he hasn't acquired it that's right (laughs) it's more um i ain't getting that virus and i generally stay away from the t-virus like i know there's this place called raccoon city but now it's a town i'm confused i'm probably not on board with this still no no. I'm going to watch it like opening weekend probably. I'll absolutely see at least it. a couple pictures. Yeah. Not a trailer, just give me a couple pictures. Let me get a feel, a theme more than Look, if that someone and, and we'll find out. But if someone takes a video game movie to live action with the express purpose of making a good movie and not a cash in, I'm going to see it just yeah. because I want to encourage that. It's behavior. interesting that the one of the things he wants to focus on in this is like this concept of Raccoon City being this like dying Midwestern town and what happens when large businesses pull away from like these tiny places to go be in larger cities and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's an underlying like modern political story that could be told there. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down for it. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I'm in. I, I, it's Resident Evil. I, know, I, can, I understand. Look, just I understand. to cap this really section off. I less about it. I, I, just, I, I have to say in a moment of real talk that you suggesting that someone gave Mila Jovovich a blowjob should not have turned me on as much as it did. <laughs> but there there we are. That's, that's, where, Hector, that's where I, I am. I love that I can turn you on with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam Raimi. When they're about that. <laughs> yeah. Sam Raimi is producing a new horror film for Netflix with uh, Corin Hardy, who worked on The Nun. Uh, It's called Every House is Haunted, and it's about an insurance investigator trying to debunk that deaths that have happened in a home or the work of a haunting. Cool. I love this kind of shit. I love haunted houses. I I eat this kind of shit up. I fucking love this kind of story. Like the whole like, uh, you know, it's one of it's one of the most cliched things in Hollywood, where it's just like (laughs) I am a priest, and like my faith gets tested because of an exorcism, because literally the exorcist. Yeah, I'm like, but you know what? I'll fucking watch five of those movies back to back. Just fucking Mm -hmm. give them to me. Oh yeah, line them up. Like I I I sent you a trailer for this upcoming Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie. Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie. Uh Yeah, which is called The Unholy, and Mm -hmm. it's like this dude like going to meet somebody who's apparently possessed by the Virgin Mary. And I'm like, oh, this is, I, I will fucking watch the shit out of this yeah. movie. I don't care how bad it as is. As far as Christian mythology goes in horror, I love it when they get weird with it. Mm-hmm. Like, like that. that's usually my favorite. Yeah. If you had just stated that, because I remember when you put this in chat, you put the video up for Jeffrey Dean Morgan in a horror thing, and you were like, uh, Tony's not going to like this. Mm-hmm. And I clicked play on it, and I got like five seconds, and it was like, nope, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> But I had no idea what the the actual premise was. I just went, this is giving me way too much information way too quickly about horror a, movie trailers. Sure. 
about something that like would be kind of interesting now that I know more about like the possession story of it. I'm mm-hmm. interested. To, I, it's not something that's going to scare me, right? But I would be interested to watch it based on the premise, right? Because some premise, like it, some religious premise horror movies, mm-hmm. just beget too fucking much. It's Red just, State was one of my favorites mm. because it subverted it because yeah, yeah there's so much that, that that's kind of my go-to example of like, oh, this is one of those uh, weird, stupid religious church cult kidnap some kids who are just trying to get high in a small town and mm. but then they like go crazy with it. But yeah, those movies are a dime a dozen. I used yeah. to watch them on Cinemax before like the titties came out, you yeah. know, mm. at night when I was too young. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, bad you, 80s, like, 90s like, movies like, I've rented and watched mm-hmm. on oh, sure. Cinemax but, and everything else, which I'm like, Cool, but sure, like Exorcism of Emily Rose, like I ate that oh, yeah. shit up in the theaters. I oh was yeah, like, oh this is so good. I fucking loved every every fucking minute of this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as like a B movie, this sounds cool. Mm-hmm. As a yeah. legit horror movie, nah. It's a Netflix. Well, I'm, I'm way more interested in haunted houses than I am in like exorcism stuff. So if sure. it becomes like a house thing, like if I don't know why when horror is centered around an object rather than a person, I like it more. But sure. who knows? Who knows what that is? Well, well, I mean when. It, is focusing around the object and done properly, the object becomes another character in the narrative, right? Yeah, when you talk about right. the, when you talk about the Amityville house, right? The Amityville house is supposed to be a character within the story at mm-hmm. that point, right? Um, in uh, oh man, there's so many different horror films I can think of off the top of my head, but most commonly, definitely when you think about haunted house movies, mm-hmm. that is when the house becomes that character and becomes so vital to everything that's going on that. When those movies are done bad, it's when that characterization is taken away from the thing. They're just like, oh, here's a ghost in the corner. It's ghost, ghost doing the ghost stuff. Right. Uh, like when we talk about the haunting of Bly Manor or the haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. you know, that those places. Those, those are names. That right. is a place. You're expecting yeah. the place to be as important as right. everybody else in the movie mm-hmm. or yeah. series or whatever. Right. Uh, so you kind of have to have that. And if we're going to get that from this series where every episode is place is as important to its backstory mm. that's actually really fucking cool i'm really i'm way on board with that yeah. that's yeah. way more interesting to me as a from a storytelling point of view sure mm-hmm. uh, also in netflix news pacific rim the black has been well received enough to that it's going to be getting a second season good i love when they back up their anime i'm glad because it ended in a very much <laughs> that's where the story just stopped at oh, okay yeah. <laughs> so there's this real tragedy where um they started making this really great uh manga artist shows into animes uh blame is still on there there was an older netflix anime called the knights of sidonia that i don't think is on netflix anymore mm. but not is it yeah it is it's the knights of sidonia just like the just like the song. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it's it, it's great. It, it's 3D, so it got a little bit of backlash when it came out, but it's really well animated and very cool thematically and visually. Um, I love Netflix anime when they do it right, especially when they pull people in who want to make anime, but it's not like culturally relevant for them to. Right. Uh, like the Castlevania stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so stuff like that I love. I, I can't wait to see more Netflix anime. I love it all the time. Even when it's a giant bummer. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered uh, Cryman, uh, uh, Crybaby, uh, Devilman Crybaby. I've been told that's really good. It's fantastic. And I can't tell you about the ending. Pack of tissue? 
Huh? Pack some tissues. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah, get ready to have your heart just drop kicked into a fucking trash can. Okay. Yeah. No. That's one more Castlevania. Uh, sadly, <laughs> a show that will not be getting another season is American Gods. Stars has decided Shit. that its low ratings warranted its removal. There have been discussions online of trying to find a way to wrap the series up, but uh, nothing is confirmed at this time. I, I figured as much that was going to happen. I was... Who was, still subscribes to Stars? See, like, that's one of the problems. It's on Stars, and nobody's joining Stars to watch this show that has such not. a conflicted fucking past. I mean, yeah. it's a good show, but like I've I've enjoyed it. There's like one or two episodes left of this season. American Gods is great. Yeah, it's and a good show. Unfortunately, it's on Stars, and a lot of those channels and stuff are going to have to start making choices about yeah. shit like this, which are going to go away. It, it needs one more season. Yeah, where it is right now in the story. You could finish it with either one more season or a movie. You could wrap right. up the last fourth of the book. I love the idea that we could finish it <laughs> in could. ten one-hour episodes or two really packed hours. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Let's stop thinking that way, please. <laughs> Movies and TV aren't that different. <laughs> oh no, I mean, there's the. There, I mean, not as in they are different. If you were just going to straight up say, hey, let's get rid of, let's just kill the story like just, off. Let's and just wrap it up. Let's wrap it up in mm-hmm. a, the cheapest way possible. You can sure. finish it off because uh, I don't know if anybody's watching it or spoilers, if anybody cares. It's, it's still Norse mythology. You know the fucker's going to rise from the tree. Right. Like, it's what happens. Oh, yeah. It's no, literally and, and the retelling also, of the Norse Also, mythology. spoilers for, like, a 24-year-old book, by the right. way. One of my favorite books of all time. Amazing yeah. book. I fucking love them. Yeah. With a very interesting side story of uh, Prince uh, 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 Anansi Boys. Yeah, yeah, the, the Anansi which, Boys. Which I've never gotten around to reading when I it's, actually should. I used to have a copy good. back when I had physical books. Yeah. Mm, mm, good book. <laughs> okay, so let's take it back to the 80s theory. a little bit here. Do we have any movies? So, Adam Wingard... Yeah who has worked on VHS, You're Next, The Guest, Blair Witch, and uh, rec- more recently, Godzilla vs. Kong, Ooh. is apparently adapting the 80s cartoon Thundercats for Warner Brothers. We're hearing early reports that Wingard is looking into a hybrid of CGI and animation and will use the old series as a jumping-off point, but it will go in its own direction. I have... Uh... I have a lot of love for Thundercats. Mm-hmm. And I also really like Your Next. I don't think I've seen a lot of his other movies. Uh, we're going to watch um, Godzilla vs. Kong tomorrow night. Yes, we are. Uh, so we'll have more to say about that next week. But uh, I really like Your Next. As far as like indie horror goes, like that was a masterpiece mm-hmm. of indie horror. By the way, the original VHS is actually really good. Yeah. I've actually never found the VHS movies like horrible or bad. Mm-hmm. There's always a couple segments in each of them. And I've watched all of them. Like. I obsessively do watch all of them when they come out. Mm-hmm. I've always found at least a couple good stories in each of them. Yeah. They managed to take found footage kind of movies and do really, really fucking well with it. Um, this guy does have a very central, like, horror-heavy background. And to bring that kind of... Because uh, he's writing going to be doing writing and directing for this. To bring that to Thundercats really evokes some things in my mind, especially when you talk about, like, Mumra the bad guy. I'm mm-hmm. like, we could go horror with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm super, super, uh, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, and 
I definitely wouldn't want anything live action. I like the idea that he is going to want to do it animated, that he is going to yeah. do anime plus CGI. Okay, yeah, come on. Live action Thundercats would look insane. I mean, we saw the Cats movie. Turn it turns out. into, yeah, do you, how uncanny Annie Valley do you want Thundercats to be? Yeah, like, I mean, think about, uh, you know when this falls apart is when all the characters are different sizes. Mm. Please just animate this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't give a shit about like if you do, do we... like 2D, 3D okay. animation mix things. So, just right. like question for the panel about this though. No mm-hmm. people. Do we want this to be a like new young Saturday morning Thundercats for like a new generation, or do we want him to dive into that horror background and be like, give us adult Thundercats, please? I want to see murder. I want to see a fucking mummy like ripping shit apart. Like, I would be. I would leave that entirely up to the creator. Honestly, mm-hmm. we we have young Thundercat stuff. We have Shira yeah. going on on Netflix. Yep. Apparently, is popular among children. I love that. Mm. Oh, it's uh, all wrapped up now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, I, th- that sounds great. But um, if he came in and said, "Yeah, I can't wait to make Thundercats for the next generation of children," I wouldn't sit there and be like, "Dude, come on, put some blood and like boobs in it." Right. You know, and then again, if he wanted to do that, I'd be like, it should be for children. Fuck your boobs. No, just mm-hmm. uh, let him make it the way he wants to, because fuck, I don't well, have any new so ideas. I, for I, I was reading some several interviews with him um, and some stuff over Twitter. Uh, one of my favorite uh, writers mm-hmm. uh, was talking about him on Twitter recently as well and said, look, I've known this guy for years and he has never once fucking there's not been a dinner that we've sat down at. And he's been like, dude, I've got this great idea for Thundercats. Like it's gotten to a point where I'm just <laughs> glad somebody gave him the fucking project. <laughs> Like, if it's been in the back of his head for this many years and this is all he's been wanting to do and now he's being given the chance to do it, fucking let him. Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm just excited to see what happens. Though. Yeah, the, the only, like, the only property I've ever wanted, I've ever legitimately wanted to just go rated R because of the potential of the instruments around the main characters it's star wars mm-hmm. everything else i'm like no however they want to make it you want to make a pg fucking resident evil movie i don't care right it's whatever but someone just like jedi chop shit up like that is a laser sword that goes through <laughs> shit how is everyone just like losing a hand here or there like what's going on all right well keeping the 80s train i think rolling. secretly the uh the jedi empire was part of a um uh, a, a cabal to keep the uh, the the, the, the prosthetics, prosthetics industry within a galaxy far, far away afloat. Secretly, that's an entire trade system was based on prosthetics and uh, the uh, keeping the pharmacy, pharmacy pharmaceuticals industry alive that's within. Fair. That's reason wow. why the trade system that's, was that's working deep. the way it was. <laughs> that's and a, that's why they only cut off a, arms; they don't kill. That's Jedi little... sponsored by uh, fucking Pharaoh Robotics or something. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they got to get everybody on those uh, death sticks and yeah. all the other. I mean, oh, secretly, geez. the Jedi are the bad guys all along. You don't want to sell me. Death that's sticks. what everybody's trying to tell us. All right, let's keep this '80s train rolling. It's being reported that Marco Ramirez, who was the showrunner for Marvel's The Defenders on Netflix, will be writing the script for a new live-action Transformers movie. Nothing is known about it at this time other than it will not be a part of the pre-existing movie universe. Which has one more movie coming out in it. Yeah. Mm. Or um, at least one more movie coming out in it, depending yeah. on how well that one does. I have nothing against Transformers, and I have nothing against Michael Bay. I feel like... You know what happens is... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I thought about this the other week. The worst part about Michael Bay's Transformers movies are the people. 
Mm-hmm. If you took the people out of those movies and just ran them as straight Transformers movies, yeah. like CG acting against CG acting with all the ray tracing and ILM magic that Make goes into like all those CG Make it more like an old Godzilla movie, really. Exactly. Because the best parts of or all like of those movies are when the robots are being dramatic with each other. They really make those moments land. Mm-hmm. It's all of the people going, oh my god, a giant robot! Because I'm Shia LaBeouf, or I'm fucking, who's the other Mark guy? Or I'm Mark Wahlberg, or I'm... I'm, I'm Someone said I have more hot than sense, even though I'm actually a really great actress. Like everyone's just reacting mm-hmm. to shit that isn't like there. Two lines in the literally yes. she's in the entire. It's, no, it's yeah. literally so much better know. than people give her. Credit yeah, that, Megan Fox is watch a Jennifer treasure. Fox. Everybody watch Jennifer's sorry, body. Megan <laughs> Fox is a treasure, and we all owe Seriously, her an apology. Yeah, watch yeah. Uh, but seriously, um, the worst parts of those movies are the people. If someone wants to make live action Transformers, I'm cool with it. The only problem is, I think that means they need to add people, and I know people are core to a Transformers piece. Otherwise, we can't relate to them, but the fans, we don't need to relate to them. We all just... If you filmed an Transformers entire Transformers movie on Cybertron, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. I would do day and date. Show oh, me the man. line. Point me at it, and I will stand You tell me it. War for Cybertron is what the movie's about? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I'll go to a midnight showing of that. For real. And I haven't been to a midnight showing in like 10 years. <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. Too old for but that I'd do shit. it for Transformers War on Cybertron without, any, without Mark Wahlberg in it. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, George R. R. Martin has signed a $10 million deal with HBO to work on several projects. It's being said that there's a total of five projects based on Game of Thrones currently in the works at HBO, but only one of them has been greenlit at this time. Cool. George R. R. Martin's got a bunch of money before he fucking dies, and he's never going to finish anything. Why the fuck does anybody give a shit? Seriously, <laughs> why are they giving a dude who's going to die before he finishes another book any more money? <laughs> Sorry. I hate this bullshit. They're putting on a fucking Broadway per play musical about part of one of the stories that he's also writing. Let's just put air quotes around that one fucking too. So, so Tony just explained the joke I was going to tell right when you finished. This isn't going to end well. Because it's, it's a George R. R. Martin I, I just want to. Come on, that was a really could, good could you, joke. Could you hand me the thing real quick? Here's this, the this, thing. This is only a visual gag for those of you not watching on <laughs> twitch.tv. Could you show me on the thing where George R. R. Martin touched you? Because that was the reaction that I just got out of that. It's more where his fans have made my brain deal with. Look, I, I understand he writes slow and everyone's mad he didn't finish the last book and made the last book two books and hasn't finished either. I get it. I understand why people are annoyed. I'm annoyed too. Um, I don't care because that series is never going to end and I don't care. And they're making TV shows about it. He didn't just promise five more books. They're like, oh, we're just going to make a bunch of show about basically fan fiction. Um, who's ready for that? And he, you know what? That's a bunch fine. of the stuff that will be shown, though, because they are going to... Right, because he has they, little novellas and shit. I get it. I get it. I get it. I was books. going somewhere. Oh, I'm sorry. So, no matter what TV shows they end up making about this, we know that if Martin isn't writing them, he... It's not going to end well. Mm. I, I don't see why anyone would watch these shows. I understand we all, like, we're really in love with the setting and the giant wolves and the dragons and the really sexy people doing the sex. But are we really just going to go back and eat more of that, like, for fun, even though... I don't think... Like, I what think, are we I doing? Think, I think that HBO is Especially expecting... if it's a prequel. Because if it's a prequel, we know how it ends. I think that yeah. HBO is really expecting us to be way more into it than we probably are. Like, the end of Game of Thrones put a bad taste on yeah. a lot of people's I, mouths. I think they may have greenlit a lot of these projects, and we're like, we can't end this shit after this season. We got more Game of Thrones money to make. Right. And would. literally, they ended the show, and it's like, no, you don't. 
Mm. You have no more Game of Thrones money to make. You literally pissed it into the wind. Mm. I would suggest checking out uh, the just the first issue of the. I think it's the. It's I'm gonna be bad at the name of it. It's the story of Egg, the one of the. It's a comic book that George R. R. Martin wrote. It is within the universe. It is okay. the story of one of the first people named Egnon, who is one of it's the... An, it's a Westeros tale. Yeah, it's or a something. Westeros tale, okay. and it is one of his stories, mm. and it's really good. I bet you it is. And if they He's take that trade and make it into, that's the miniseries that they said they're going to do for one of the things in, cool. It's literally already written mm. we already know who all the characters are we don't have to worry about some stupid fucking plot line that he's never mm. going to get to finish mm. the stuff from the past that makes Westeros what it is is interesting and a lot of it is there and he doesn't remember that shit that shit's in books that people can tear apart and essentially do fan fiction doesn't he with. have somebody that he's hired to keep track of his own well yeah mythology? he had one of his fans oh, yeah. that he calls regularly to just go like I, like, I what, hey who is, so who's, who's this guy's who? who's this guy's second cousin uh, mm. I think I have the name wrong and he's like oh that's so and so yeah there's people with just binders on binders on binders of mm. explanations of shit of Bi- binders of Westeros binders, binders of, of Westeros, Westeros. Binders of Westeros. <laughs> all just sitting on an air gapped computer because yeah. <laughs> god imagine that <laughs> imagine that fucking leak on the internet by the way it's H- HBO don't pay him any more money to do stuff. I'm waiting for him to finish writing the Elden Ring script. I've been waiting for that game for like three <laughs> years now. I don't think it's in his hands. First of all, I don't think From Software would be like, George, we're going to start this game as soon as you're done. I think they'd be like, all right, we got it all we're going to get from George. Let's fucking go. We <laughs> can probably, write stories yeah. too. Yeah, we'll keep yeah. it. I mean, all the Demon's Souls games are... Uh, are Vegas shit in their lore. Yeah, they're Vegas shit and they're beautiful stories when you break them down. So yeah. like that's all really so cool. So really they had one meeting with George R. R. Martin. He explained the setting and like mm-hmm. the characters over like three hours and that's yeah. all they all needed. They, need. yeah. they, need. they got him some like honey. <laughs> they just wrote it. They just did everything else. <laughs> some like honey syrup goose and some other Westeros food and just sat it in front of him and they're like tell us about fantasy shit because uh, fans keep saying we're getting it wrong and he's like so in uh, in 15 blah blah guess <laughs> what? <laughs> because he knows all that shit alright to wrap up the news this week we're going to talk about something a little bit mysterious Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver was removed from Steam this week mm. right now there is a note that says Square Enix has temporarily removed this title from sale to work on some important updates please check back soon According to a legacy of Kane Modder, they think it's because there's licensing issues to do with the format of the cutscenes in game, uh, specifically the engine that the, they mm-hmm. were made in. Uh, but we've heard nothing from Square Enix about it. Now, we don't talk about rumor and speculation on the show, but I put this one in here as a treat for fun rumor and speculation about what's going to happen with Legacy of Kane. Um. Look, that is a property that is just fucking sitting there. Mm-hmm. We have it is now one of my favorite, fortunately, of all time a dearth of vampire media coming out in video games, especially in video games. And while we may have to wait a little longer for a nice vampire RPG, I would absolutely take a lot more Legacy of Cain content, whatever it is. If it's going to be Soul Reaver, if it's going to be Blood Omen, Cain, uh, Razael, I don't care. Give me more of that. Fuck, just remaster it. Yeah, to remaster it like really well, then make a sequel. I was, mm. ah, God, this is another, just to rant for a tiny bit. I'm still really salty about Bloodlines too. 
Mm-hmm. Like super salty. Vampire the Masquerade. Yes, too, Blood, yeah. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines Two, which is now delayed indefinitely because no one knows what the future of that project is. And all I could think of, and this was most of last weekend, the vampires don't want their information getting out. Is there. that you know what that team could have and should have done to make a ton of money and really get their skills together to make that second game is fucking remaster the first one. Mm-hmm. And they would have sold all the copies. Oh, yeah. I didn't play the original. I would have bought that shit immediately. Yeah. I would have kickstarted it. I would have been on I, I would have donated to its Patreon monthly. Mm-hmm. That's what they should have made. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if you're gonna take this route, and please take this route with the whole legacy of Kane thing. Because if you're gonna add to this series, you really need to understand it and understand how to work with it. Not just it as is a, a Shakespearean story. story yes, like. and, and not just as a story, but as an engine and graphically and mechanically figure out what made it work and what doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Modernize it, then make us a new one. Because yeah. if you can do all of that, then oh man, nothing mm-hmm. can stop you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was exciting for me because I am a huge Legacy of Kane fan. Mm-hmm. I own a fucking replica Soul Reaver. Like, I'll I'll drop Trout if you say yep. anything Legacy of Kane. Like, yeah, that that's where I'm at on straight this. up. Um, so obviously, my mind went a million places, and it may just be something as simple as, "Hey, we just didn't have the rights to the video engine, and we got to redo it." Mm. But at this point, like. They could remaster it. Yeah, there's like, no like they would never redo it if they weren't doing more. They would literally pull it from the store and be like, "No one buys this." Law buy. I'm, I'm not going to lost to history. Like, like, imagine if like Square Enix came out at E3 and they're like, "Yeah, so we're redoing Legacy of Kane, but we're doing it Final Fantasy VII style, where it's going to be the same game, but but not the same game." And right. Also, we're just going to use a Resident Evil Seven engine for this. Yeah. And it's like, okay, as long as you keep the voice actors, because that's the most important part. <laughs> the voice actors are like the most important part. Of it. Yeah, yeah. You uh, cannot lose Kane, <laughs> especially with Tony J, the Elder God, oh. having having passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to retain his voice as the Elder God. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, please. Um, but yeah, like the, the lore and everything of Legacy of Kane. Like, you think you can get me talking about like something like Death Stranding for yeah. hours? Don't get me started on Legacy of Kane. Like, <laughs> I will, I will go. I, I know. So you're way suggesting more. that that's like how many Patreon pa- 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 <laughs> oh, people do that's, for that? That's like, ridiculous. That's, oh man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, we do a full full replay through. I mean, we need to. We need people need to go on uh, the patreoncom slash the silly nerd. Voice to, your uh, opinion. I will give us your I'll, opinion. I'll, I'll Join bre- us. I'll break them down by game. Yep. Like I will. I will do, do that. Or at at the silly nerd on Twitter, you can be like, <laughs> I'm not subscribing to your Patreon because. But here's my idea. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be that sentence. Uh-huh. Okay, that's everything. Like insert, fill the blanks that we have for the news this week. We're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we'll be getting our, into our main topic in the boss room. Boss room. Hey, adventurers! Welcome back to the show. This is the boss room, our main talking point for the podcast. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Uh, last week, we did a really great deep dive into the Snyder Cut and why we loved it so much, but. While we were wrapping up, there was a question kind of looming over our heads as we started to wind the show down. And that is specifically, what are the repercussions of getting something that we really enjoy spending our time with made? Um, so we're going to have to dive into that a little bit. Uh, if you don't understand why this is important, I, I please beg you to stick on with us because this is a very serious conversation that we have to have as nerds. Um, to answer that question, though... We need to first cover why it was good that the movie got made, why the Snyder Cut $70 million release got, mm-hmm. got made, why it was important. So these are things like 
people getting to work who otherwise could not work during COVID. Of course. The original creator, Snyder, being able to make the work that he wanted without studio interference. Mm -hmm. These are the pros, right? These are the reasons that it was good that it got made. Um, that being said, to get to the main topic of this, on the other side of the coin, we have to address the elephant in the room. And that is, this film came about because of fan demand. Like, the fans demanded it, it happened, and we need to talk whether or not this is a good or a bad thing. Right. Well, let's dive a tiny bit into the history of that, because we brushed over it pretty quickly. So, obviously, uh, the, the uh, Batman versus Superman was not super well-received because... Uh, neither character acts like either Batman or Superman. Uh, Batman acts like a psychopath the whole movie because Zack Snyder wrote him uh, uh, like he writes all characters in movies as himself. You know, so he's like, Batman was fucking terrified of the horrible destruction because, yeah, you would be. And if you were Batman, what would you do about it? 9-11 so, really fucked him up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, Superman is a god and he didn't give a shit, even when he's really trying to give a shit. So there's a lot going on there. The movie was not very well received for obvious reasons. I personally like the movie, but that's because I can not worry about that this is Batman or Superman and just watch the gods punch each other like action figures. And it's fun like, in, until we get to the last third. That's not so much fun. Anyway. Um, we roll into um, the Justice League movie. They decide, yeah, we're going to go ahead and rip out this Justice League movie and just go for it because we're already one behind because Age of Ultron's coming out and everyone loved it, so we need to friggin' throw in our, you know, Avengers Assemble movie. Mm -hmm. uh, halfway through principal photography, uh, most of the movie is shot, actually, but uh, none of the effects are done. This is early days. Um... And uh, Zack Snyder, unfortunately, has a really tragic thing happen in his life, and he just steps away from the product. He's like, I can't do this, mm. um, and he's done. So apparently uh, what we didn't know at the time was behind the scenes, DC was already very worried about the project. They were like, I can't believe how long this is. I can't believe how dark this is. This is what everyone hated about Batman versus Superman. We might need a rescue anyway, and we're not sure exactly where that relationship, where Zack Snyder having to leave because he felt like he couldn't work, and DC going, you need to get the fuck out of here. We don't know where those meet, and we probably will never know. That's fine. Anyway, they bring in Joss Whedon, who had just finished his second Avengers movie that everyone loved and made a ton of money, and they're like, can you please help this movie and make it released by this day? So he starts working on the movie. He cuts a ton of things out of it, including an entire character. Um, or four. He, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he cuts entire swaths of the movie out, edits it maybe as best he can or as much as he cared to, adds a bunch of new scenes in that basically equate to about 12 jokes that do not land it costs about $100 million, more than they've already spent. They release the movie and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? It basically broke even. Mm -hmm. the The movie it I made, mean, it, it, made it, it, it made fine mo yeah. money, but critically, yeah. it was it, it it has a Rotten Tomato score of like like twenty percent or something. Yeah, Everyone hates this movie because it makes I, no sense. One scene doesn't follow the other; it doesn't go anywhere. So as soon as that movie airs, everyone's like, well, what happened? Like, where's Snyder's version? I'd much rather see Snyder's version. I feel like Joss Whedon fucking Joss Whedon this movie up. Uh, thanks for l l confirming that everything you touch turns to shit, Joss Whedon. So basically there was a hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. And, you know, and it went viral and everyone was like, yeah, release that Snyder Cut. We know he had a cut of the movie. He didn't. 
Here's the thing about the Snyder Cut that I'm trying to wrap this up because my explanation is going a little long. The thing about the Snyder Cut is there was no Snyder Cut. He didn't have a finished cut of the movie because... It existed in his head. It existed in his head, but they hadn't like they hadn't filmed a lot of it. They certainly hadn't CG'd a lot of it or any of it by that point. Um, it would require major reworks for the movie. It would require millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars and months and months and months of work to get what he wanted the movie to be anywhere near presentable. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened. Yep. And HBO was like, hey, we're launching HBO Max because COVID's going on. And if there's any time we can get people to pay for a new streaming service, it's right the fuck now. And they're like, we need content for this. All we have is HBO shit. And we can't just sell HBO shit. We're already doing that. And then they're like, What's hey, guys. Won't shut the fuck up about? <laughs> we're going to release the Snyder Cut. Please subscribe right now. Also, also all the DC shit's on here. So fans got their wish. And the thing about the fan thing, just to go into the tiny bit more of history as we move in, is that the fans weren't nice about it because they were on the internet and fans on the internet are horrible people, pretty much no matter what they're a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went on there and were like, you know, they started saying things about how DC fucked over Snyder and that it was really malicious and then started sending out threats to people who made them what they thought was a bad movie. The whole thing was stupid. It was horrible. Don't behave this way, please. Anyone. So it was a very forceful, very shitty, uh, small minority in a group of a lot of people who were just like, I'd like to see Snyder's version of this movie. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But they finally listened, and we got the Snyder Cut. And the view is now that these whiny, sometimes abusive fans got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not a good precedent to set. So there's a very similar story. It's called Mass Effect. It happened, and everybody got mad because its ending was bad. And then the fans revolted and made a whole thing on the internet, and they had to get the ending changed because Mass Effect's ending was bad. And, no, and I would is, I would go so far as to say Mass Effect's ending ending was what the writers of Mass Effect wanted it to be, and the fans were upset that it wasn't the ending they wanted. Yeah, mm. I'm still gonna go with fan. It's it's another case of fans voicing their opinion mm-hmm. to make a thing be changed to what they want it to be, mm-hmm. and in sometimes not very nice ways. Right. So and, I, I will say that. The what we got out of Mass Effect 3 was a compromise because Mass Effect, Bioware, EA, wasn't about to be like, oh, we finished that game. Yeah, here's $10 million. Why don't you fix the ending everyone hated? Yeah, they weren't going to do that shit. Mm. They were never going to do that shit. Instead, they were like, how fast can you fix the ending everyone hates? So they did a slight compromise that I guess made it a little more sense thematically, and that was the ending of Mass Effect 3. And we'll see what happens with the remasters, right? Sure. Do they leave that in? Maybe the I don't think they do. (laughs) I really don't think they do. They they spent some more money on it this time, right? But what we got with the Snyder Cut was, and and here's the way to think about it. Some people got on the internet and were like, "I would like to see Snyder's cut." Hey, Zack Snyder. Hey, maybe you want to finish this movie now? It's you know. Well, I mean, it was driven by people like Kevin Smith, who said, "Right." I spoke to spoke to Snyder personally. He says he has his own cut of the film. Yeah. So, so the moment like someone like Kevin Smith came in and said that. The cut, the cut became real, yeah. and everybody said, well, if Kevin Smith said that he talked to Snyder and he says it's real, then fuck, we yeah, need to get like, in there. We yeah, need to do a lot of movies that have this. a cut where it's the dailies put together in a rough idea of what Right, and, and this is where is language becomes no, a thing. I, no CGI whatsoever. It's straight up fucking green screen with entire actors not even seen in there whatsoever. Right. Half the, like, 
most of those shots aren't even being used at yeah. all in the final film. Yeah, yeah. When, there's when directors, a cut. When, when, when people in movies show other people in movies, hey, I've got a cut of my film, would you mind taking a look at it? It is, yeah, dailies clipped together. It is not a finished rough. product. There's no music. There's right. no. They got to use their fucking but, imagination. But, but the it's is, a picture book without the picture. Is that we had puts words on says insert whatever scene here. Right, but the <laughs> average viewer doesn't know that. The Correct. average Twitter goer knows Kevin Smith confirmed the existence mm-hmm. of the Snyder cut. Yeah. Now we must make demands, mm-hmm. and the fans made demands. They started the hashtag. They Morning sent. They, they, yeah. they sent emails. They got angry. They, yeah, and yeah. and no, and and I think he, the worst part about it, the worst part about that entire about the, the reason we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. is because all of those people, including the very angry ones, including the ones who were shitty, got exactly what they fucking wanted. Because mm-hmm. not only was this Zack Snyder's version of this movie, but it was one of his better movies, mm-hmm. and it is it was released to pretty much resounding. Oh, yeah, that was a lot better. That was actually really good. That if that had be, come out, we, this yeah, would have the, changed my opinion about this film. This would have been very different franchise. if they showed up. If this showed up in theaters back then, I don't think it would have been. I don't think theaters were ready for four-hour movies when mm. this came out. Then again, like the problem is that Hammerhead they got exactly what they wanted. So there's <laughs> there's a whole bunch of there's 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 just so much of this that feels shitty because of it, it feels like a Karen got their way. Like mm-hmm. she talked to the manager and she got her free whatever because she felt entitled to it. Mm-hmm. That's how that feels. It's like don't encourage this fucking behavior. Right. Don't encourage this fucking behavior. Then again, and it's a hard it's a hard thing for us to talk about because we all it watch it because I liked it. it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But then we talk when you think about when you step back and you think about it critically, you're like the circumstances that were required to get this film made. Because even right now, as we are having this conversation, there are people on Twitter um, using the hashtag release the air cut of uh, Suicide Squad. They're like, yeah, with, yep. specifically with, with David Ayer going, no, that was my I'm cut, not, guys. I'm not doing, that's I'm not, not a good thing. At this. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, but these ripples are, like, no, no. these ripples are already being felt though. With yeah. things like that. Whether or not there is a cut of that doesn't matter. That's not the conversation. It's the fact yeah. that immediately after the Justice League movie happened, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we got what we wanted. Okay. So now they've got the hashtag restore the Snyderverse that's trending now. I mean, right? if they want to continue that universe, I get it. But this isn't going to be the same thing. Here's here's the exact okay. wrong takeaway. And since the DC universe as a movie studio or whatever multiple movie studios makes these movies has a habit of doing is taking the exact wrong message away from their criticism and doing the exact wrong thing about it. Mm-hmm. So here's what you don't do. All of you people who I know are listening to me right now. Don't follow every nerd backlash and hashtag and hashtag out into the DC universe and use that to create your content. Mm. This thing that you did was a very good thing that you did. Like people, honestly, a lot of people got jobs. You gave a lot of people work. You gave fans the thing that they wanted, which is nice. I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy. No matter if you are a very reasonable movie watcher or a, you know, some kind of angry basement, something I'm glad that you got to see the Snyder cut and enjoy it. If you had been bitching about it for years, if you've been doing it since doing this since 2017 and you finally got to see it and you were like, fucking finally vindicated. This is everything I wanted. I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot happier for all of the people who like this was their first DC movie. Mm-hmm. 
And they're watching that on HBO Max, and they're like, oh, okay, this, yeah, I can get on board with this. This feels like Batman and Superman. You know, the other ones felt feels weird. feels like the Justice League teaming yeah. up for, like, kind of the first time exactly. getting together. Because and... the whole time we were watching it, James was like, this feels like a fucking Justice League comic book that I'm just watching in front of me happen right now. And the thing about the Marvel movies, and I know we've done this joke to death with Spider-Man and video games, is those movies feel like Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. This feels like Iron Man quipping and doing Marvel stuff. This feels like... The Hulk mostly being terrifying and then, you know, just doing some Hulk stuff. This really feels like these characters belong here. And the problem with the DCEU, for a lot of it, at least it was most people's complaints, is Superman doesn't fucking feel like Superman. I don't recognize Superman in any of this. And they said the same thing about Ben Affleck's Batman and Batman versus Superman. And now you have people, after seeing Snyder Cut of Justice League, going, I like Ben Affleck's Batman. What happened? This mm. is good. Right. Yep. And... Don't know what happened in the other movie because and, Batman vs Superman was a and this this brings this brings show. up the greater discussion that we have to have of you know fandom going sour yes. because there are some shows that we have watched that we wouldn't be watching right now if it wasn't for fandom. Mm -hmm. uh, two I think off the top of my head are Lucifer mm -hmm. and The Expanse. Oh yeah, two, yeah The Expanse those, is oof. Yeah. Both of those shows were saved by the fans. Mm -hmm. yeah, Expanse put Absolutely. a uh, airplane in the air over Amazon's headquarters and that was enough to convince them according to the legend. Yeah, yeah. save The Expanse. And um, Bezos is like, what's The Expanse? There was the other show that was saved by sending peanuts in. And this goes back to, like, to the history of like just television shows for yeah, years Yeah, fans and have been doing years. this for a long time. Save yeah. Star Trek the sure. original like there was series. a write-in campaign right. there was yeah there was a whole thing yep. to try and get that saved so but there is, is a way to, there is a way <laughs> to do this kind of thing respectfully like there maybe is. send in nice letters and yeah. it or you know send in nice letters maybe send some cookies with a letter do not hashtag hey i'm gonna go to your house and hang your family like that's right. not don't behave that way that is not a good motivator for people to do work right um, and I think that's really what it comes down to, right? It comes down to intent. Mm, we as fans are very passionate. You know, we as nerd fans specifically, mm. very passionate when it comes to things. But there is a line between a reasonable request. Mm -hmm. I would like to request that maybe we get the Snyder cut. I would appreciate that. Thank you. And somebody being like, well, I'm going to go murder your family if you don't release the Snyder Don't cut. be yeah. the asshole sitting outside. The abortion clinic is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you hate those people and you hashtag somebody with a threat about the Snyderverse, you are those people. Right. Like, like just, just understand that. Uh, the, yeah. Literally same, same. <laughs> if, if we could, please, as a group of people, encourage people nicely to do the things we want as fans, because I get it. I get loving a property so much that you feel personally offended when someone does it badly. And do not get me wrong, the first Justice League movie was offensive. Mm -hmm. It was a yeah. bad movie <laughs> that made a lot of heroes that I like very much look like morons. It made... Like, come on, just I, I, I could go on for hours about why the Whedon cut was just garbage uh, plot wise, but everything. But anyway, so I get being upset about that. And if I had been a person who'd been waiting for this movie, you know, since they saw Man of Steel and was like, yeah, I love these movies. I finally get to see these characters in modern television, you know, since like the Richard Donard cut of Christopher Reed's first Superman. I haven't seen mm -hmm. a good DC movie Um or something like that. You know, all those people. They finally get... Yeah. 
I don't care how much you feel like this belongs to you. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I know that being a nerd and being into comic books and being into superheroes used to be very exclusionary. And it used to feel like a thing that we own personally. We don't. It was the thing we got picked on for. Right. So it, it became personal to us. Exactly. We got picked on for it. But the only people who own what's being made on the screen are the people making it. And you need to show them some fucking generosity. You really do. You know what's awesome about comic books? One of the things that I absolutely love about them is they're very inclusionary. Mm-hmm. You can write any type of story you want and draw it out. And because you are in generally drawing humans mm-hmm. or you're anthropomorphizing <laughs> a it's being a into... Yeah, I can never fuck. I haven't been able to say it a lot since, of syllables. Yeah, I can't. I've never been able to do it. I always fuck it up. Either way, when you're showing that kind of humanity within those stories... Fuck! You, uh, you did, literally saying it's a hard word fucking derailed my entire thought process. <laughs> like, it's entirely gone now. The whole thought... It happens. Brain slip. Yeah. But it's, it's really easy for those of us who did grow up in that situation where we were kind of nerdy, maybe we got picked on for some things, oh. to really um, want to make those, those characters are family to us, yes. right? Yeah. Is the thing. Mm-hmm. The inclusionary nature of comic books and the way stories can be told. That's what I was going with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm done with the thought now. It's, like, it's right. over. No, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 was... Yeah. If we could all remember the better angels of the medium we love so much, it, if not medium, then stories, you know, if, if comic books are your thing and you love the fact that they're inclusive and that they, they can be stories about anything, about a uh, young Muslim girl who is now Miss Marvel or, you know, about a... Uh, you know, the character Brave from Pixar, whatever your deal is on the entire spectrum of what you like is inclusive, that's what these stories are supposed to be. Mm. You know, you'll never find a racist Superman comic that is super popular because that's not who Superman is. These things are... He does punch Nazis. He does punch Nazis. Everyone should punch Nazis. Go out and punch a Nazi. But, you know, if we're going to try and keep these things alive and keep them positive and love them, then we need to remember that the lessons they teach us. Like, please. You're absolutely right. I think that's the biggest kind of takeaway from this is it's like when you go there and you have your vitriol and and you put out these hashtags and say horrible things to these creators who really do pour their like blood, sweat and tears into the creations they make, no matter how bad they are. We understand you got to understand as bad as Batman versus Superman was at some point, the person behind the camera said, I think this has potential. Yeah. And someone had an idea and everybody else ran with it as best yeah. as they could. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, they fucking tried. I mentioned before that Joss Whedon did not have a lot of time to put that movie together. He had actually very little time to put that movie together and none of it was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, just exactly what trying We're, to get back to what I was saying before is if we could embody the, yes, I, I, I remember what I was going to say. The next time you want to yell at someone about Superman, about the way they portrayed Superman or what they did with Superman in their movie and their comic and whatever it is, if you're about to get online and yell at someone and cast aspersions upon their sexuality or their mothers or whatever you're about to do, think to yourself for just a second, what would Superman do? Mm-hmm. If you need a bracelet, get bracelets made, make little, put little S's on them to just fucking, what would Superman do? And anytime, anytime you're about to fucking post some horrible shit on Twitter or be angry in an email or send someone horrible pictures because you're angry with a product they created, 
Just ask yourself, what would Superman do? And then we'll all be better fans if we could just follow that example. generally isn't murder their family. It's never murder their family. It's never fly to their house and cave it in on on top of them. We're not not talking about Elseworld Superman. We're talking about... We're talking about normal Superman. We're talking about all-star Superman, please. Yeah, Yeah. the the, the wholesome idea. And I think that that's the thing that we need to take away. So the uh, initial statement here going into the segment was maybe the Snyder Cut was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want some final thoughts about this. Now that we've talked about it from both sides, how do you guys feel about this statement and where we are with it? I'm worried overall about the future of fan backlash to media making an impact in where companies will tell... Saying, getting enough people to angry about a thing like we don't like the ending mm-hmm. of it so you have to change it I don't agree with and I remember this, like, the reason why I brought up Mass Effect back in the, in the beginning was because this, this I still don't agree with what they did with Mass Effect mm-hmm. they should not have done that they said no that that's the ending of the game guys sorry deal with it I, I, I get that people get, are, get upset because the thing that they like didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to. Mm. And in the case of getting to watch this movie that I really fucking enjoyed, I, now, I got to see a big villain that I now am never going to get to see in any other <laughs> film version because they're not doing those. Right, any, yeah. I guess kind of slash maybe we don't know yeah. because everything's in flux constantly with DC because mm-hmm. they have literally no plan outside of they just got bought by AT&T like two years ago and nobody knows what the fuck anyone's doing anything. Mm-hmm. They need to get their head out of their ass before making any more announcements about any more fucking movies before they do anything else. Maybe make ongoing story arc. I don't know. That Suicide Squad movie's looking good, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't seen the trailer. I saw the first, uh, like, you... a behind-the-scenes shots, and I was like, cool. I was already sold on John Cena as an actor years ago, so I don't... F- he's being amazing to me right now. And that's all I needed from the, mm. the movie. <laughs> I was just surprised that I could see him in the trailer. I know, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, well, he wasn't specifically in camo. Well, that's true. So he's way yeah. easier to see. What are your uh, thoughts about all this? So... I think, and this isn't a uh, this isn't a very interesting opinion, but I think it's really going to have to depend on a case by case basis. And the reason that I say that is, I keep thinking back to Firefly, and that there was a small but very vocal fan community, and for some reason they gave us Serenity instead of continuing the show. They figured that's what they were going to do. It was cheaper, and they needed to respond some way because a lot of people were really upset. But that's not. Exactly what we're talking about, because now we live in an age where Lucifer gets to live on. I mean, fuck, Scrubs got to live on on another channel. Um, Community got to live on. Mm -hmm. That's true. On another channel. On on a dead channel. Mm. Hulu streaming isn't a thing anymore. But we still have all But we still have... Oh, yeah, Yahoo streaming. Now it's all on Netflix, and everybody's be like, wait, Community? Is this awesome show? Yeah. Because it's finally on Netflix? Yeah, Yeah. because, I mean, we didn't have... So sometimes a thing gets continued because it's cut off too early and they really had more to say. The Expanse is a great example of that. Lucifer is a great example of that. And people decide to cut shows before things are ready and before people get to finish their vision. And I like that we now have the ability to just by crowdsourcing tell a show, tell tell a TV network or a streaming service like, hey, we want more of this. And if you make it, we'll watch it. So have some free fucking advice from the people literally buying your shit right now. Mm. 
I think that's great for those companies because they're like, oh, now I know what to do with this wad of cash. Yeah, fuck you, show that isn't successful. Here, give it to these guys. People like them enough to yell at us about it. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. It good. Hypothetically, if we had gotten two full seasons of Firefly and Josh Whedon was done and he was like, hey, show ended, good show. I know people want more stuff in this universe, but I've told my Firefly story. I had it written. It's done. Here you go. Satisfying, wonderful characters go along their way. And there was a bunch of hashtag more Firefly. Mm -hmm. Hashtag keep working, you fucker. Hashtag like mm -hmm. chain these people to the set and make them make us more show. Those we can ignore. People with shitty opinions and ideas about what they want more of, when the people making it are done, we can ignore that. But when a project gets cut off in the middle and people are like, can you please finish that? I think every company should consider themselves incredibly lucky to have that kind of feedback. Sure. Because all fucking executives know in boardrooms are ratings. They're looking at like two numbers that they get from incomplete, inaccurate data and going, oh, that number went down. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull that out. That's, you know what? Honestly, that's probably usually the right opinion, but sometimes it's really not. And we have a lot of examples of that throughout the years. And I think they should take us more seriously. And it feels weird to say that in the light of what we're talking about, in the light of the Snyder Cut, but there are opinions that you should really take to heart. Like, yeah, the Snyder Cut was a good thing. And there are some you shouldn't. Like, I don't know if someone said, make Batman an incel hashtag or something. I don't know. There, there's going to be bad fan opinions on what content should be made. But and we should know when to ignore them and when not to. The We recently mentioned that Vampire Bloodlines 2 is mm -hmm. kind of up in... It's in purgatory. Yeah, it's in purgatory because we don't know what studio is going to be handling what part of whatever the fuck is going to be happening with that crazy mess right. of legal mm -hmm. bullshit. Because it's... Yeah. What kind of video games, I mean, in the history of video games, this is kind of a similar thing. Like, maybe we'll finally get the game finished. I mean, think about all the games that have gone maybe. through that. Like, they get to that nearly finished part and then get like, well, we have to crap out this version because we weren't literally able to finish it based on whatever reasons. <laughs> Cyberpunk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then... Hopefully later, we get it. We, we get, get the finalized. We get a complete edition, yeah. and I mean, CD Projekt Red's pretty good about releasing a very definitive edition about six years after a game comes out. Yep. So I'm looking forward to, like I said a long time ago, playing CD Projekt Red many years from now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, playing Cyberpunk. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I yeah. think <laughs> the word that we're all looking for at the end of the day, when it comes to fans speaking to creators, is civility. Mm -hmm. We must be civil to one another. We must be kind to one another. What would Superman do, like, guys? Seriously, we are at a point where we have been quarantined for a year, and I get that we get our hackles up about the littlest thing, and maybe it's because we're quarantined. We just need to demand more entertainment because like, we've watched all of YouTube at this point. <laughs> yeah. But being civil to one another and being kind to one another will get you so much more in this world than throwing insults, threatening people. There's so many creators who love the creations that they make. I know the way we talk about them all the time, but Donny Cates and Marvel, you know, he loves working on Venom and Spider-Man mm. and working in that universe. And he loves to share that passion with his fans. There's no reason for anybody to be mean to him, especially not everything he's done for Austin, by yeah, the way. Don't fucking be mean to Donny Cates. We'll I will fight you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is that these creators don't, I, I do believe in my heart of hearts that a lot of these creators don't go into the 
creation of a comic or the creation of a movie with bad intention. Right. They don't set out to make a bad product. Mm -hmm. Circumstances happen and we need to understand that. That being said, there is a place and a time to have a dialogue for something like release the Snyder Cut. I absolutely mm -hmm. think, you know, that was a viable option and I'm happy that it got made and I'm happy that everybody got jobs to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. But I don't want that to be set as now the nerd standard yeah. of that's how we get things done is just by yelling loudly online. Mm -hmm. Right. We need to have a dialogue between us and the creators to be able to express what we would like to have, mm -hmm. but also respect their decisions if they don't want to be able to do that. Right. I had to go back to the oldest one that we know within like historical record of a character that got pushed back by fan backlash. There is one. Being, yeah. It's Sherlock Holmes. Yep. Is literally the first yep. to have fan backlash outside of I'm pretty sure Jesus. Uh, had a lot <laughs> of there's fan a, there's backlash. There's a lot Jesus of fans. Jesus had the worst fucking fans though. That's Yeah. yeah. They, they <laughs> demanded he fucking reappear. They killed him off and they're like, dude, you gotta bring him back. And that story didn't make any fucking sense. Worst fan base. Yeah. Either way, Sherlock Holmes, they killed him off and they had to fucking bring him back because, yep. you know, he's uh, Jesus with the fucking spyglass or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and now it's a meme. And now the Reichenbach Falls is a, has to be a meme in every Sherlock Holmes, any iteration that yeah. there's ever been. Yeah, like, oh, cool. He's, he's still going to survive it. Yep. I just I, I always get mad about the that. Only one, yeah. I'm we so still, mad about Sherlock Holmes. We still <laughs> haven't seen the third Robert Downey Jr. movie, but I can't wait. I can't wait better Even though it ended with the yeah, fucking Reichenbach yeah, yeah. fall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fans, we love you, but seriously, calm down. Yeah. We are all fans. Seriously, calm down. Mm -hmm. But our fans aren't like that. We no. appreciate and we love and we care for all of our fans because we know that our listeners aren't like that. That's right. And if our fans ever want to communicate with us, if our adventures ever want to communicate with us, Tony, where can they find us? At the Surly Nerd is our Twitter account. Info the Surly Nerd.com's our email address. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Surly Nerd if you'd like to uh, give us uh, some uh, money. That'd be cool. We'd thank you. It'd be awesome. Thank you to everybody that has given us some money. That's awesome because we've been making things like a Final Fantasy video that I have not prepared for whatsoever in any form because I don't know what... We also have to have a conversation about that tomorrow as well. Yep. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably give you, I mean, you're not going to play the game. We'll give you a couple of videos to watch probably. Yeah. I mean, like how much, how much video I, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. Either way, if you want to uh, help spur those ideas and talk to us about those, uh, hit us up at any of those places, uh, specifically on Patreon, because then I pay more attention because you gave us money. Um, <laughs> I'm out, I'm out of that. That's just me whoring myself out. I like, thank you all so very much. Thank um, you all for just watching. Yeah, yeah we're thank almost you at, for sticking around. We're and, almost at 400 uh, episodes, y'all. This yeah, is crazy. Are. Thank you for putting me inside your ears <laughs> and inside your thoughts. Until mm. next week, for Tony, this is James. <laughs> or James, this is Tony. Oh yeah, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode two was wonderful. Please, like it was everything that we wanted. And I'm Hector. <laughs> Adventures. Good night and good game. <laughs>